today on It's Time. They don't see the God that's in your life because their eyes have never been trained to see God. Their eyes have been trained to see after the natural things. And the Bible says, do not judge after the appearance of anything. It's time. Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler, pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today, we're going through the book of Exodus. So turn there in your Bible and follow along with Pastor Mike. It was a popular song in the 60s, but it still echoes in the conscience of people today. He said it well, I can't get no satisfaction if I tried. Why is that? Because it's not within man to live righteously, and it's not within man to give you what you need. That's why we are so subjectable to any new trinket that comes along. I want that. No, I want that. No, I want that. I want that. Bigger, better, heavier, more parts. More to break, more to keep track of. You see, and so God in his love says, look, I want to set you free from that so you can discover who you really are in me. And by the way, everyone, you don't make who you are. If you don't get anything else out of this today, remember this. You do not make who you are. Well, he's a self-made man. No, you're not. You discover who you are. You don't make who you are. Let me explain. I can walk over back behind here and pick up a guitar. And I can go, wang, astropunk. No, I can go, wang. And, and, and I'm not a musician. I've tried. I can play guitar a little bit, enough to make people scream, blood running out of their ears and things. But somebody else can pick up a guitar and they just almost without a lesson can begin to play it. And I'm going, how do you do that? Because you're discovering a gift that was in you that you did not create. How is it that some people are just really gifted when it comes to financial matters? They seem to know when to buy. They know when to sell. Everybody else is selling when they should be buying, buying when they should be selling. In fact, a guy years ago in the Depression said, the secret to wealth is to buy when people are selling and sell when people are buying. But most of us have found that is not the case. But some people are gifted with different gifts. You discover what it is. Why is it that you go, gee, I just love soldering wires. And you got geek tattooed on your forehead. You have the pocket saber with the screwdriver, even though you're not taking anything apart. Funny how I know that. That was an attraction as an example in my life. I didn't make me say, boy, soldering wires is cool. Everybody else is riding motorcycle. I go, eh. you know, it was weird. 
But that led to what God wanted me to do in my life. Build radio stations and solder them. And there's a transmitter on the air right now in Tonga that I built in my garage because back when I built it, they were the size of a refrigerator. And a guy named Helgi that worked for Motorola invented a transistor that's only this big. And I called him on the phone and I said, is there any way we can make this work on the FM band? He said, yes, you got to change this part and this part and this part. I think this will work. And I did what he said and it's on the air. And instead of having to have a shipping container as big as a house, I was able to put it in a suitcase and take it over there. Weird techno geek stuff. I go, God, I don't know where this came from. It's because God put it in you. I just happen to have the time to discover that. You don't make who you are. You discover who you are. And God, in his love and by the Holy Spirit, as we accept him as Savior, begins to use us in these different avenues. Sometimes God will use those natural gifts for the kingdom of heaven. Sometimes he'll give you new supernatural gifts to use for his kingdom. But nevertheless, you are uniquely made in the image of God. And friends, because of that, God's got a unique calling on your life. And if we'll spend 10 minutes praying every day saying, God, what do you want me to do for you? God will show us what he wants us to do for us. But the world doesn't see God. They see you. And they think, wow, look how talented that person is. Or look how smart that person is. Or look how dumb that person is. And I don't know how they're so successful. Do you know why? They don't see the God that's in your life because their eyes have never been trained to see God. Their eyes have been trained to see after the natural things. And the Bible says, do not judge after the appearance of anything. But that's all the world does, isn't it? But when you become a Christian, you become aware of a spiritual world, the battle of the invisible empires. And because of that, people don't see the God behind you. The Egyptians did not see the God behind the children of Israel. The Romans did not see the God behind the children of Israel and the Messiah that was to come. They didn't see that. And they don't see the anointing of God in your life. They think, well, if I do exactly what you do, I'll be as successful as you are. Nope, because it isn't me that's bringing the success. It is God in me bringing the success and being where God wants us to be. Isn't that good to know? Man, I'll tell you, all of a sudden life gets a whole lot easier. Where should I go? What should I do? What's everybody else doing? Oh, they're doing this? Then that's what I need to be doing. Oh, they're wearing ankle bracelets? I'll wear an ankle bracelet. If you got an ankle bracelet on, I am not attacking you. I'm just saying that oftentimes... We look around and see what everybody else is doing. We want to be successful. We want to be in the in crowd. I want to get that, you know, uh, barbed wire around my arm because everybody else is doing it. They don't do that anymore. That was a thing they did in the 70s. But that's a whole point of the point. Everything has changed. And so we want to be, and the devil leads humanity around with a big brass ring in their nose farther and farther from the purposes of God. Pharaoh, Egypt, did not see the God that was behind the children of Israel. The world today does not see the God that's behind you. And by the way, Egypt is a type of the world. It just is. 
was freed for a while, and then the slavery comes. And it gets worse and worse and worse. And the Bible says eventually the people cried out. And as they cried out, God sent them a deliverer, Moses. As you cry out, God sends you a deliverer called Jesus Christ and brings you out of the world. Now remember this for those that don't want to wait for chapters 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. God took the children of Israel out of Egypt But it was decades for God to take Egypt out of the children of Israel. God took them physically out of Egypt, but their hearts were still in Egypt. Sound familiar sometimes? Look what everybody else gets to do. But we're not everybody else. Never, ever compare yourself with what anything in the world. You are not them. Yeah, but look what they got to have, and I don't get that. Listen, if God wants you to have it, you will have it. Look, he multiplied the loaves and fishes, literally. What resource, what little resource the woman had. Elisha said, what do you have? She goes, I have a little bit of oil. He says, go borrow every pot you can find Close the door and start pouring. She poured out and poured out and poured out. All the vessels were filled until she came to the last one. The, the, the jug stopped pouring. She stole the oil and redeemed her sons. God takes whatever we have, blesses it, breaks it, and multiplies it. That's how God works. It isn't blab it and grab it, visualize it, you know, uh, kind of thing. It's just being a Christian and being in him like a fish in water, Paul says. Excuse me, Luke says in the book of Acts, in him we live, move, exist, and have our being like a fish in water. That's the way it works. So I don't have to copy what the world's doing. All I have to do is say, Lord, what do you want me to do? Do you know why people have thoughts of suicide? Because they felt that they've outlived their usefulness. And I venture to say, friends, you have, if you're not a Christian. Because every avenue you go down, you hit a dead end. And finally, I just want to give up. Because I've tried every single thing that everybody on the rock scene said to do, what TV says to do, what Hollywood says to do. And I'm still where I was at before, only worse. This bud's for you. As I wrap my car around the tree next door. No. You're worse. It's not better. They don't see the God in your life as a Christian. Let's finish this. And the king of Egypt spoke to the midwives, whose name was Sephra and the other name was Pua, And said to them, when you do the duties of a midwife for the Hebrew women, see them on their birth stools. If it's a son, then you shall kill him. And if it's a daughter, then she shall live. But the midwives feared God and did not do so as the king of Egypt commanded them, but saved the male children alive. So the king of Egypt called for the midwives and said to them, why have you done this thing and saved the male children? And the midwife said to Pharaoh, because the Hebrew women are not like Egyptian women, they're stout. They're, (laughs) that's what he's saying here. 
for they are lively and give birth before the midwives can get to them. Therefore God dealt well with the midwives, and the people multiplied and grew very mighty, and so it was because the midwives feared God that he provided households for them. So Pharaoh commanded all of his people, saying, Every son who is born you shall cast into the river, and every daughter you shall save alive. Now, chapter 2 deals with the birth of Moses. He comes from the tribe of Levi, which is significant because it's, 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 it's where we got the law from. We'll talk more about that next week as we get into this, because now we're beginning to see the difference between a redeemer that comes after the law and Jesus Christ who comes after the spirit. The Bible tells us the law was never meant to save man. The law, the Ten Commandments, and the Old Testament laws were meant to show us how desperately we needed a Savior. Don't you see? It's overwhelming. We are too badly broken. We can't follow rules. So Jesus comes after the Spirit, not after the law. The law shows us how desperately we needed a Savior. It wasn't meant to redeem man. It was meant to show us how badly we're broken. But Jesus, the Bible says, met that requirement, and we are clothed in his righteousness. Oh, that's good news, friends. Because, see, when the world looks at us, what what do we want them to see? We want them to see us clothed in his righteousness. You see, God's got a new name for you. And I pray that as we live in that new name, and if nothing else, you're a Christian, follower of Christ, recognizing his hand in your life. Though the world wants to make fun of you, ridicule you, they don't see God in you. Remember that. They might just see you and go, well, how come they're happy? Or how come they're blessed? Or how come they don't understand that? You see, The night is coming when no one can work, Jesus said. Being about our Father's business, the world does not see God. Egypt did not see God's hand in the the Hebrew children's lives. The world doesn't see God's hand in yours. We all have come out of the world. We've all come out of Egypt. And I pray that if more that we leave Egypt, we leave it behind. But you know, the children of Israel say, you know, I remember the leeks and the garlics. Our breath hasn't stunk for a long time, Moses. We want to go back to Egypt. You want to go back and be a slave? You know, it's funny. We forget the bad about a place. I remember moving up here from California and uh, years ago. And I was always thinking, you know, we used to be able to go down and get this and get this and get this. And oh, it was so neat because you could get whatever. You know, I forgot all the bad stuff. You just remember the good stuff you could get. But the reason we got out of there was because it was so bad. Now, again, my parents are, my dad was from Idaho. and In fact, owned the farm across the street for a number of years and, and, uh, you know, I, I look at that and I realize we forget. And that Bible warns us about that. Don't forget the hole from which you were dug and the pit which you were pulled. You see, we get ourselves in these things. 
You as a Christian realize how good you have it in Christ. If you're not a Christian here today, I, my heart breaks for you. Because you are complete prey. The brass ring in the nose by the world to drag you through the mud, whatever they want to do to you, and you have no basis for your faith. Now, this morning, if you're tired of living that way, and maybe you're a Christian that's bought into the lie of the world, maybe, maybe a little bit of that old Egypt has crept into your life as a Christian, and you're thinking, well, you know, maybe, maybe it is better to play on the wrong side of the fence. I just want to encourage you this morning. Don't buy into the lie. God's got something better for you. You see, this morning, God's hand upon you is so important. God's got a job for you. Let him do that in you. This morning, if you're not a Christian, we're going to pray. And if you're a Christian and you're backslidden, you know what that means. You're not where you know God wants you to be. I want you to pray and ask Jesus to come into your life today. And let him do his purpose, his will in your life. Withdrawing your residency from Egypt and saying, okay, God, let's go to the promised land. You can pray and ask God to do that this morning. The Bible says we repent of our foolish way of living, trying to do it ourselves, and saying, okay, God, from now on, no longer I that live, but Christ who lives within me. If you need to pray this morning, repeat this. Let's see what great things God will do in all of our lives. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. And I repent of the foolish way that I have lived. From this day forward, I commit my life into your hands. I believe Jesus died on the cross for me. His blood covered my sins. And he rose from the dead. Lord, give me that life as well. So now fill me with your Holy Spirit. Empower me to be bold concerning you. Give me love for the lost and more love for you. And thank you for writing my name in your book of life that I can spend eternity with you. In Jesus' name, amen. The Bible says it begins with a prayer. God shows you your whole life is goodness. So being about daddy's business. Father, not my will, but yours be done. Oh man, I'll tell you that changes the day, doesn't it? I remember almost like uh, it's a wonderful life. You pray and then somebody hits you in the mouth. I remember praying that one specific day. I said, Lord, not my will, you're, you know. And I uh, had a blowout. And I go, thanks, God, I needed that. Only to find out when I took the tire in, there was a guy there that I hadn't seen for a long time, and we began to share about the Lord. And actually, it was all divine appointed. You go from the ordinary to the supernatural. You go from living in Egypt under Pharaoh, a hard satanic taskmaster, to living in the promised land, being guided by Christ. This morning, enjoy that. 
Start reading your Bible. Good place to read. If you don't have a Bible, I'll give you one. But Matthew, Mark, Luke, John chapter 3, and just read, and God will speak to you. We'll have a baptism. We'll have a sign-up. You can sign up for that. And be in fellowship. You need each other to encourage each other. The things that we do. Uh, again, it, it isn't just donuts. It's just talking to people afterwards, making friends. I remember the thought of going on a Friday night and getting a pizza without inviting people from church was unbelievable. I, I, we always had to have the gang there. More the better. We didn't care if they came to church one time or they'd been coming there a year. It didn't make any difference. Hey, come on, we're going to go get some pizza or we're going to go down to the park or we're going to go do something. We need to be careful we don't become a religious machine, but rather the fellowship of the saints. Because see, what we have, what you have, I'm not talking about other churches. I don't know about other churches. I'm talking about this church. There's a fellowship of the believers here where you belong. Do you realize that there's a lot of people in this room, their parents will not talk to them because they're a Christian? Do you realize that there are children in this church that, they're, uh, th- that you're the only family they have? Do you realize how broken our society is where the term family vacation means who my mom is shacked up with this month and where we're going to go for a couple of days? See, our society is falling apart. And you are the salt of the earth. You're the light of the world. If you accepted Christ this morning, welcome to God's family. Start shining. It isn't something you progress and grow into. It's something you are right now. The family of God and how precious you are to God. Let God bless you. Let God heal you. You know, when you're healed and and well, you can help others. Have you ever noticed on the airplane, you know, and, and they're going, uh, the, this cushion below you may be used for a flotation device. Have you heard that one? How about a parachute? But they always tell you all this different stuff. And it says, if there's a loss in cabin pressure, first put the mask on you so then you can help others. Have you heard that? I have. As they're doing this. Pointing to the exits. That's true. If you're broken, you, you, it's hard to help somebody. If you've got a broken arm, you can't, it's hard to pick somebody up. God is the healer. He's going to heal you. He'll take care of you. Don't worry about that. Let God heal you so we can be the family that pulls them in, friends. I don't want to pull people into religion. Religion is the rules and regulations you've got to do somehow to impress an unknowable God out there that just hopefully he won't rain lightning bolts down on your car. Well, that's not the God we serve. For God so loved the world. His heart breaks over a broken world, over a broken society. And says, I'm going to let you be my hands and my feet and my voice. Go get them. I've shared this many times. The world is always telling everybody to go to hell. Again, friends, Christians, let's tell them to go to heaven. Go to heaven! I guarantee you, you get a weird reaction out of that one, I'll tell you. Somebody cuts in front of you in the supermarket line, go to heaven! Huh? What do you mean by that? You know, I mean, they cuts them off guard. 
That's what uh, MacArthur said in the Second World War concerning the invasion of Japan into the islands. He said, hit them where they're not. You know, they have a defense built up against Christianity, and, and, and then you hit them with something, go to heaven, go, whoa. But see, that's where it is, being led of the Spirit. You are led, if you're of God, you're led of the Spirit. You're not trying in religion to appease God. God's been appeased by what Jesus did on the cross for you. All God is saying to you right now is enjoy my heart. Well, thanks, Dad. Because that's how God wants you to relate with him as a father. Thanks for joining us on It's Time, as Pastor Mike teaches verse by verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store or by downloading it from the It's Time website at theriverchristianfellowship.com. On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening and tune in next time for It's Time. It's Time.